by having people get on my list first and making sure that they go through that process before they become a client, uh, they get to know me. And when they come in, they're ready to be plugged in. And, and when they ask advice, they ask a question, they are ready to do it and follow through. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. It's Kev Rogers here. My guest today is Terry Dean. Uh, just getting to know Terry, and I know that he is um, behind uh, the times here because Terry has been online now 21 years as a marketing expert, a marketer himself, growing his own businesses. Uh, he now consults a very small number of entrepreneurs and business owners. Uh, he's got a 10-year running print newsletter called the monthly uh, what do i have it wrong monthly marketer club i have that wrong terry i'm sorry what is <laughs> monthly it? mentor club thank you monthly mentor club <laughs> pretend you didn't hear that terry's not here yet i haven't introduced him you can find more about terry at mymarketingcoach.com. he'll teach you a lot about uh, how to market with email it's no surprise that Ben Settle is a big fan of Terry's on that, on that topic. He's a specialist when it comes to story. You can download his free report about how to tell better stories at mymarketingcoach.com. So Terry, thank you so much for taking some time out and helping us get to know you better and spilling some wisdom on us here today. I'm glad to be here and I'm sure we're going to go into some pretty valuable stuff for the people who are listening. Yeah, that's our goal, man. So... Let's talk, I want to just dial right in on print newsletters for a second. It seems like this was a trend recently. And, you know, in, in our world, you know, Ben is very popular and Ben has a long running print newsletter as well. Tell me why you like print over digital. Let's just start there. Okay. Well, I've done both because I actually had one of the first internet marketing membership sites. I was a membership site back in the year 2000. Mm. So that was even older. And I eventually sold off that site and took a little break from the internet for, you know, for about 18 months. And then when I came back, um, the print newsletter came within the first year of coming back online and I switched over to a print newsletter. Part of the thing that I like best about a print newsletter is the fact that it's going to be something physical that people get in their mail every month, and I've had a lot of members comment back to me how much they love that component. When they get it in the mailbox, they rip it open, they read through it, they act, you know, they'll read through it, they'll put it on their desk, they'll read it again later. Mm. And I see that as quite a bit different than just the membership site because I, I track the results and I speak to – I have a lot of clients who have membership sites. And I know that you know there, we have a portion of our members who like log in once. And then they might forget to log into your site again for months, even if you email them, even if you do everything else. It's just like, I'll get to it eventually. Right. But that print newsletter, they go through it, it seems like almost immediately when they get it in the mail. Interesting. I guess there's a ton of reasons we could explore as to why that is. But uh, the important thing is that it is the fact. Uh, and, you know, it. so was it – you're an advantage because – uh, I have a community as well, membership, and it's just a content machine, right? You have, you know, people who are engaged there sharing their best stuff with each other, especially in a paid format, right? 
And so were you sort of just drawing from the content that was being created in the membership to fuel the newsletter? Um, not as much that direction. It actually goes kind of a different direction because you mentioned earlier that I take on a few clients, mm -hmm. private clients. And I find that my actual work with the private clients fuels the newsletter more than anything because the questions they're asking because I'm, I'm dealing with them individually over the phone or by email and the questions they're asking the ways that I help them best each month those become the monthly issues and so that the, the uh. actual issues come out of that and then I find that a lot of times inside of mine the inside of the membership forum because I have a print newsletter but along with the print newsletter people also get access to a membership area gotcha okay mm -hmm. and the membership areas we do a webinar each month and so the recording goes up in there there's a membership forum a private members only forum and I find that both the webinar and the forum kind of get directed a little bit by the print newsletter it kind of drives them and you'll find that a lot of people are asking questions about that those topics you know whatever was in the newsletter that's what they're asking about interesting and and so it it kind of they all feed each other and like i say even the coaches the, the coaching clients that i work with the they're feeding me the basically the ideas to create the newsletter right. i then take the newsletters i write and i consider this a little bit of an advantage is i take the newsletters i write and there's a lot of times that i'll be talking to a client and i don't want to go in you know to the whole system because we'll take up the whole session we have with each other and and they like to study on their own as well the clients i pick up are those who are you know very active they like to continually learn they're continually expanding their businesses and i will go back through some back issues and a lot of times i'll answer their question very specifically when they ask me a question and then afterwards i'll say oh, i'm also going to send you over a couple of newsletters that I wrote on the topic to you know to expand on this information further so it it feeds back into the coaching right. site as well fantastic that's brilliant because so often we do have a pocket of very proven you know tactics and philosophies right and structures that honestly if we only stuck to those and could help our coaching clients stick to just those life would be much better for everybody <laughs> and so rather than having to reinvent something new every time and cause more distraction it's great to be able to just refer to something you've you've recently released i love that mm -hmm. very cool let's go back a minute so how do you end up here terry dean kid growing up delivering pizzas eight bucks an hour what was your first entrepreneurial moment um, well, my first entrepreneur moments were probably well, we have to go back to the failures first. Okay, those, those were the entrepreneur moments. Yeah, um, and like I had basically I had tried a lot of network marketing companies. I think one of the very first network marketing companies I had joined was a company called Excel that was like long distance service. Mm. Uh, and just like every other network marketing program I tried way back when, they told you that you didn't have to do any selling. Okay, no yeah. selling required, but yeah. you know what? That, that is a lie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there's always selling required, no matter what you're doing. If you're an entrepreneur, you're going to sell. Okay, it's just the question of becoming comfortable with it and finding a way right. that um, you're not pushing people, you're leading, basically, you're persuading instead of manipulating. So, but right. you don't have to, you, but you're going to sell. All right, yeah, but I, I back then, I remember trying to sell that to my, you know, friends and family, and I don't know, I. I signed up some people into it. Maybe I signed up a dozen people into the service and I earned my $5 a month or whatever, <laughs> you know, I got paid from that type of thing. That's the beginning and of where I started. I mean, I think they had like a program it was like $495 to sign up for it at that time. And then I'm earning like five bucks a month wow. out of there. And that led into me trying several other network marketing companies. You know, the same thing essentially happened, the same story each time. And I just ended up with a bunch of junk in my basement um, from my extent in network marketing. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. So you energy drinks, cleaning products, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, well, you could open like uh, eBay would have been a, pr- a more profitable probably way. <laughs> the, yes, it, it would have. So that's, that's where I got started. That's my beginning of entrepreneurial ventures. Not, you know, all that exciting, but I'm sure it's the same story you've probably heard from, you know, other people as well. Well, but. there's something to the idea that you kept at it, right? The first one disappointed you and then you tried another and then another. I think that is an entrepreneur, right? They're like, okay, yeah. I love I love the idea of them not letting go of this is the way for me. I just mm-hmm. got to find the right path. Yeah. See, so back then I'm an introvert. There's no question about mm. it. I'm an introvert. So online, now I spend my time, I get to stay in my room and I talk to people from around the world. But a lot of what I do is writing and doing things um, from home, which is, again, I get to be an introvert and have fun doing it yeah. with the way that I run my business. You can. That's one of the things I love about the Internet is you can be an introvert or an extrovert and it works well. You don't have to be someone who wants to get out and do door to door selling, which, by the way, I once had a door to door sales job also lasted less than two weeks because I was working for a satellite um, dish company Mm -hmm. and I sold a grand total of zero going door to door for them (laughs) over uh, two weeks, which I I do have to joke a little bit. See, I was back in Indiana at the time, Mm -hmm. up in the Newcastle, Indiana area. And anybody who knows the area actually knows that the the little territory they gave me to sell in, about half the houses are Amish. Oh, that's funny. And you're not going to be selling a satellite dish to the Amish. And the sad thing was, so you have these really fancy houses these really fancy farms, those are all the Amish. And then you have the trailers in between. And it was the trailers that I was supposed to be selling the uh, satellite dishes to. Now, they were the it, one. I, I would love this story if you said, I discovered I was a true salesperson when I sold a satellite dish to an Amish family. Like, that, <laughs> that is the, <laughs> that's when you know you're good. It's like, no, they still, you know, they never watched TV through it, but they had to have it. <laughs> Uh, as a little, as a little interesting issue, I found out from one of their neighbors that while they don't watch TV, that he told me that many times their kids came over to his house and watched TV. Oh, sure, yeah, I've, I've heard those so, stories. Yeah, this sneaking the iPad in the back alley, you know, so, that's the new smoking with Amish, I guess, you know. So, so more proof that I was not a good one-on-one salesperson. And you see, it was back in 1996 that I heard first rumors about the internet. And this is something I was just like, okay, well, you know, I can't sell in person. I'm not good at these sales over the phone. Maybe the internet is something I could do. And I actually went out and bought my first PC at Best Buy. I mean, I took one of the credit cards that we hadn't maxed out yet. Hmm. I bought an old PC. It was 75 megahertz, you know, paperweight now. And I basically taught myself to use it and went online and started selling some VHS videos that were basically self-help videos hmm. that I bought. I bought a license to some of those videos, and that's where I got my start online was selling those videos online using sales copy that came with licenses. Interesting. Okay. So, okay. You know, so I would just basically – I put up these ugly, ugly websites and started selling these videos – these, these websites had like flashing images on them and all this oh, that's um, great. crap. The dancing nope. Spider-Man icon. Did you have that one? <laughs> nope, didn't have that one. But I think, you know, there's just all kinds of dancing things on them. I think there was a dancing pig somewhere that we had. <laughs> and I started selling those videos online. And one of my first updates is, hey, you know what? I can fix this. I can make these sites look a lot more professional. So I went through and designed and made the sites look a lot more professional. And then the sales stopped oh, when wow. I made the sites right. look more professional. So that – so that was a, a surprise to me. But the reason was is because I had actually taken the emphasis off the copy mm. and made it made everything look good. But 
the head I had messed up some of my subheads, things like that, which was on the original copy and was selling because of the original copy. Because basically, what I had taken was, you know, with the licenses, they gave us some sales pages. Here, you know, here's here's um, what we'd used in direct mail, and I started using that on a website, and it worked direct like that. I tried to make it look more professional, like the other websites I saw, and sales stopped. Very interesting. Now, do you think there might be something to that in the idea that? the ugly pages, especially back then, you felt like you were really getting on the inside of something. Um, it, it might have been. More than anything, though, when I analyzed it back and later and figured out what it was, is I took the emphasis off the off the best parts of the sales copy. I just basically, I screwed up the sales copy. Yeah, by, by, by going too heavy on the details of the uh, graphic elements. Yep. The, the sales copy determines what the designers should be doing. That's right. The designers do not determine what the sales copy should be doing. That's right. That is law. <laughs> <laughs> and so you worked as, for a while as a freelance copywriter. Is that right? I did. I did um, some freelance copywriting. I was still selling my own products and doing that type of thing, but I did some freelancing for others and wrote copies for different businesses, eventually finding out that I didn't like the fact that when I charged, you know, a fee plus royalties, I found out a lot of people ended up didn't, for whatever reason, you'd write an awesome sales piece and then they wouldn't use it. Mm, right. It w wouldn't yeah. get used and you're just stuck with whatever fee you charged. Yeah, yeah. And no, no proof. <laughs> no, so it's very hard to get more clients when the clients you're getting aren't implementing your stuff. I always tell prospective clients when they're asking me about hiring copywriters, I say, here's one thing you need to know. For a new copywriter, equally as important to the fee is implementation. So if you will commit to them to implement their copy and report back the results, that is insanely valuable to them. Mm -hmm. It is. It definitely is. Really important. Interesting. So tell me um, what you can about how you work with your clients now. What you mentioned that you, I don't know if this is a criteria of yours or you just by nature attract the kind of business owner who likes to study and really explore the best ways to do stuff. What's your criteria for taking on a, uh, a business owner in a coaching environment? Well, the, the interesting thing is the way that my coaching now works is um, I only take 20 private clients. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I do both email or email and phone clients, and uh, basically they come to me, and we'll we'll say a phone client, phone client. We end up speaking twice a month for like forty five minutes, and then we have emails in between as needed. And when they come, the client comes in. I specifically like a client who is growing a business. You know, it doesn't matter what niche they're in. Just as an example, I have a client who's in the online tennis market. I have another client that's in the golf golf fitness market specifically. I have several clients in weight loss, of course. I have a, and but what would seem different of these types of businesses is I have a client who runs an auto dealership and a client who runs a restaurant in a local area. Hmm. So I have quite a variety of different types of clients, but all of my clients have been on my email list for a while. So you could actually say one of the first requirements is, is I want them to know me and my methods. Okay, about 80% of my clients come through my print newsletter first, which means they've been a member of the print newsletter also. Yeah. At least at least 80% come through there first. And I don't come – like I wouldn't come onto this to this podcast and I wouldn't say, hey, if you're listening to me out here, you should come over and become a client. I'd say, no, you need to go over and join my email list because I want you to make sure that you understand the methods I'm using. You're seeing the emails that I send out. You see how I operate. You see how I sell in my emails. And then 
by having people get on my list first and making sure that they go through that process before they become a client, right. I, I, they get to know me, and when they come in, they're ready to be plugged in, and when they ask advice, they ask a question, they're ready to do it and follow through on it. The absolute last thing I want to do is have a client come in and then argue about it and yes. not take action, not implement. I don't want to work with them. And because I only take 20 clients, I'm actually sold out most of the time. Right. So when I do take clients, I usually only take new clients at most twice a year. And then I will notify people in advance, say, hey, I'll be taking uh, five new clients coming up next Monday. If you have any questions about my coaching or anything like that, make sure that you email me before Monday. I'm going to take the clients on Monday and I'll probably sell out within about, you know, about an hour, two hours from when I offer it. Uh, those five clients are going to sign up that quickly and it always happens that way and I basically have a waiting list that has several hundred people on it for yeah. the next spots when they do come up. That's the way to do it, man. And do you fire clients occasionally because they just not implementing, not showing up for calls, anything like that? I've only fired two clients in a really long time. I mean, since the 10, since the 10 years that I've been doing one-on-one -on -one coaching, I did some group coaching programs before that, but I've been doing private coaching with clients for about 10 years. I've only fired two in that time. That's great. Okay. And, and like, and both of them were because they argued. I remember one guy specifically, he, I told him a, a plan. Here's what we should do to grow your business. He argued with me about it. Um, I told him, you know, the plan again. And then he told me why it wouldn't work. And I then told him the same plan again. <laughs> and um, I told him that we were, we're not working well together. So you're fired as a client. Three months later, he emailed me that he followed the plan and it worked. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes to get their attention, I guess. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I'll prove him. I'll do what he said. <laughs> and it worked afterwards. But I, I had to fire him for them to follow the plan. Right. That's so funny. Now, but do you credit that success because you have this sort of in, indoctrination period? Yeah. Critical, right? Yeah, it really is. I mean, that, that's the reason that when somebody comes in, they already know what my methods are, so they're not surprised that, yeah. hey, I want you to make an offer in this email. Hey, we're going to make sure that we tell a story here, But they, because they've heard me say these things. I mean, some of my emails, um, all these things connect with each other, the print newsletter, the clients, the emails that I send out. Some of my emails will mention something that I you know, talked about with one client. I mean, I'll take a client, something that we discuss, I'll remove their name from it and their market so that it's not going to be specific, not going to share anything you know, too detailed with them. But I'll say, hey, I was speaking to a client this week. I mean, I have a bunch of emails that started, hey, I was speaking to a client yesterday and, and, you know, and here's the discussion that went in. So it's when you come, when you're on my list, you get a pretty good idea of the kinds of things I'm saying to clients. Yeah. So, so let's talk about your list building. Uh, obviously, that is a great funnel for you because you put a lot of care into your content i can tell just by talking to you and of course it's coming from your experience and the results your clients are getting so it's a proven method how do you go about then just getting more and more people onto the list getting more people onto the list uh, there's from me personally so we might as well just talk about the ones that i'm using is a I, of course, I sometimes will go and appear in podcasts like mm -hmm. yours. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is a great way for generating leads, and yeah. this is a method that I like because it's sharing content. I love sharing content to attract new subscribers because you end up attracting the right kind of subscribers here as well. That's that's one of the reasons I love this type of method. Likewise, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, another method that I use specifically is like I like YouTube advertising, hmm. and um, YouTube advertising. For example, I have an email 
again, email conversion kit when people subscribe. So I often will advertise on videos that, you know, where people are teaching email marketing or, or videos where they're showing some of the different email services or, you know, tutorials for some of the email services, things like that. And I will run in-stream videos in front of those. And I'm, my in-stream YouTube in-stream video is so simple. I mean, this is like something anybody could copy and do in their business. I basically put myself in front of a, I just have like a white sheet white screen behind me. Mm -hmm. I stand in front of the screen, turn on the video, and basically told you um, what I have for you. If you come over to my site, I, I tell you, come over to my site, you know, your name and email address, and here's what you're going to get. And I give, you know, here's the freebie, and I go into very detail. Here's what, you know, the freebie that you're going to get. Here's what it's going to do for you. And, you know, click the button now to come over to my site. And it's amazing because I tell them exactly what I'm doing. Um, I use it on the right targeted list. My actual opt-in rate from those YouTube videos is close to 50%. Wow. Okay, from people, so people watch the video, they click through over to my website, and I mean, I'm generating opt-ins for less than $3 a piece mm. in internet air marketing space using YouTube type advertising. I use some of the same type videos over on Facebook, okay? But again, I love YouTube for advertising. Can we dig into that just a second? I, I'd love to hear what's worked, what hasn't worked uh, for those in-stream videos. Because, you know, most people's instinct is to finger of death drops the second it pops up. How, how do you get around that? Well, one of the things I do, because you know you have that five seconds yeah. that you actually get before somebody can click their button, is um, this is something that I learned from another YouTube marketer. And very beginning of this video, the one that I run the most, I actually tell you if um, if you're serious about earning more from email marketing, then stop. And I tell them to stop, and I have a big stop sign that comes flying out. I just added a little stop sign that I, it pulls close to you. It looks like it gets up in your face, a big stop sign, mm -hmm. just to uh, grow, basically as an attention grabber. A command, very, basically. You know, very yeah. mm -hmm. you know, beginning, you know, stop. In other words, I want you to stop, you know, stop, don't hit that skip button. <laughs> I don't say it that way. And then, then I go into the pitch here for it. And it's kind of funny. I purposely did my pitch so that it was faster than th my – the initial part of my pitch, my first offer to you, is less than 30 seconds in. Okay, so I, I'm making sure to tell you to click that button before we get to 30 seconds. Mm. The reason being is that if somebody you know like stops watching your video or they click past your video, you actually don't pay for the view until the 30 second point if your video is longer than 30 seconds. Right. Okay. At least it's been that way for a while. I'm sure YouTube will change this at some point. But they they so I make sure I do my first call to action before. 30 seconds, and then I actually pause the video. So I'm just, I'm telling you to click the button, and I just stand there, I'm pointing at the button for a second, okay? Like, I want you to either click the button or, or go like, leave. Away. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then after 30 seconds, so you hit 31 seconds, and I do a second offer for the same thing again. Wow, that's great. Okay. They're great too. So it's like, oh man, you just, I just spent money for you. Okay, now I'm going to really go for the offer again. <laughs> that's right. I'm going to earn you now. Wow, that's very, that's great. Great tip. Okay, cool. So, uh, I want to get to the essential question early, Terry, because you mentioned to me in our little pre-call that, you know, you had so many answers come to mind for this. Potentially, maybe we'll get to more than one, but I, I, I know you've worked hard to choose your best. So, so let's get to it. Terry Dean, what is the one thing you've done in your marketing that produced the most surprising results? You got the answer correct. 21 years, um, I've been surprised a lot of times. I'll say probably the most surprising result for me is the fact that everyone tells you that the most important thing to test on your website are the headlines, and that is wrong. The most important thing to test are your offers. 
And the one of the first times I learned this as a surprise was I just ran a test. I was selling a course for $397. It was actually a physical course. It was um, teaching you on, I think it was Joint Ventures at the time, and $397. And I ran a special to my list, and I said, okay, I, I'm going to give you the, send you the course. You can try it out for free for the next 30 days. You just have to pay $15 shipping. Okay, mm-hmm. and they'll pay the 397. And I actually scheduled they pay the 397 like 40 days later to make sure they had enough time to get it in their hands and send it back if they didn't want it before they get billed the 397. Okay, mm-hmm. and I did that special. And what was amazing to me is I got like three times the sales for that course than I ever had before. Mm-hmm. Okay, just from doing a trial offer. That surprised me. I didn't think that you know I was going to generate. And I think. By that time, I think I had sold like $15,000 the last time I offered. At this time, I sold $45,000 worth hmm. of sales from that offer just you know, to my list at the time. I was like, boom, okay? And I've, I've, I've since then, the reason I'm making that a guidance for everybody else and why this is so important is I've, I've been surprised by you know offers like that multiple times. Like I have a client who we were running YouTube advertising for him. So his front end, we set him up as YouTube advertising. That's his main traffic method. He has other ones. But when we first set up his business, we set it up so that it's a digital product. They, someone can try it out for $1. Okay. 10 days later, they pay $99. And then 30 days later, another $99. So it's $1.99 and then 99 30 days later. We've got him net profitable on just that one sale with paid traffic. Okay. And that's awesome. As you know, whenever you have a, you know, one sales piece going to cold traffic Mm -hmm. and your net profit on the front end without upsells, you're having a good day. Now let's just couch this in in ethics for just a second, Mm -hmm. because I, I know certain people are listening and their little force continuity antennae is uh, blinking right now. So address that. Well, with this, Remember, you got to make sure that you tell people. You have to be very specific, very clear mm-hmm. all over exactly how the billing works. And if you're clear, if you tell people and you make it, you know, open and clear. See, here's what you don't want. You don't. It's not forced continuity that has an ethical problem. It's hidden continuity <laughs> right. that, that has an ethical problem. Yeah. That's where you say, "Hey, try this out for a dollar," and then there's no warning anywhere that <laughs> you're now going to bill you forty-nine dollars a month forever yeah. until you die. The other, the, the other thing I always do, and we do it in his account too, is I always say when I do an offer like this, you know, it's one dollar trial, you will be billed in ninety-nine dollars. We always make sure that all those numbers are always together. So if we say you're paying a dollar, I immediately say it right afterwards, you'll be billed ninety-nine dollars in ten days, and then another ninety-nine dollars, you know, in thirty days after this. I also have have always had a client do this, and that is if for any reason you decide that the product isn't right for you then just contact us through our support system. And I put a live link over to the support system on our webpage. Okay, you go here, tell us, and you will not be billed. All right, the yeah. re- there's a reason, there's two reasons that works well. The first reason is you're giving them more com- you know, more comfort in the fact that you're making it easy mm-hmm. to cancel if they want to. And the second one is, is I found that by telling them that, people actually f- do what you told them to do, which makes it much more organized and you don't get these random emails all over the place to get lost. Right, and right. I, I don't like that for that purpose because you know emails sometimes end up in a spam folder yeah. somewhere, and I don't want to miss someone canceling, nor do my clients want to miss someone canceling because, as you said, it's the ethical concern there. So the big clear is make sure that you're very clear. Have it on the sales page. Have it on the order page, how the billing works. Have it on the thank you page. Have it on the email that you send out afterwards. Make sure they know exactly how the billing works and make sure that they know how easy it is to cancel. That's fantastic, and that's another surprise 
marketers learn all the time is like, wow, when I'm really transparent and I make it easier for people to do the thing instinctively I don't want them to do, which is cancel, uh, they appreciate it. And look at this. Cancellations have gone down. Right. Uh, well, it, it goes down, but, but more than anything, at least it, it organize it the exact way that you wanted to, so that your systems work well. That's right. You, right. You don't get. You don't have to deal with support issues. And the last thing I want is somebody angry or upset because uh, because you know certain people will f- feel like they're getting screwed immediately, even if there's just a glitch or, like you said, an email gets lost or something because they've had bad experiences <laughs> in the past. So mm-hmm. they've earned that twitch. And, and let's let's be honest with it here too. I mean, you're going to have still someone sometime is going to get upset because they forgot what you said. Sure. And yeah. you know, and I mean, there's been times that we've refunded somebody back because they didn't know it was going to happen. And you just understand that there's going to be people people who get upset, people who forget, but it's not going to be a very high percentage. Right. That's great stuff. All right, Terry Dean. I don't know if you can top that. That's a great answer. Is there one more you want to throw in, like a little bonus, a quick one? Um. I'll- I'll throw, I'll throw in a couple of really quick ones. Okay. Well, the, the, this first one, this will line up with it too. This is why the offer is so important for it. Recently, I ran an offer to my own list. Call, I called it the Name Your Own Price special. Mm. So I took one of my digital products, and the product was my product is priced at forty nine ninety five. But I said for this special, I actually have a shopping cart set that it'll accept any price you put in. Wow. So you go in and you name your own price for this special. And it's interesting. You, you, there was all different prices. People, you know, offered anywhere from a dollar, which is the minimum the shopping cart would take, to uh, up to the forty nine ninety five. The average that actually came in is pe- the average came in at seventeen dollars that people offered. But get this, and see, this is why you can't really trust conversion rates from people. The actual conversion rate from the landing page to my list was twenty six percent. Okay, and that is an amazing conversion rate. Wow. But of course, I'm, I'm not going to go around telling everybody, hey, you know. I guess I could put a big headline on my website. Yeah. I produce 26% conversion rates. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> but it's, it's to my list, and it's to a name-your-own-price special, but still, that's an amazing result. I was like, yeah. wow, that's a good number. That's a great That we one. just generated. And I think people would hesitate to do that because they would think, well, oh, it's, spo- it's supposed to be worth so much. How could he let me decide what, what I'm willing to pay for it, right? It's- well, yeah, and I justified it from the point is, you know, this is an information training product. The the actual value that it depends to you, you know, my clients have paid for advice for like this. You know, if you were to actually spend time with me on the phone, it would cost you $500 an hour. So it would cost you $1,500 for the three hours that are in this product. But I don't know how, how much you're going to use it or how you will apply this information. You might not apply it at all. Mm-hmm. And it goes, or you might, you know, find like many of my clients that it produces, you know, an extra couple hundred thousand dollars in sales for you. So you name your own price and what it's worth, and even after you name your own price and decide what it's worth, if you decide for whatever reason that it doesn't uh, fulfill all my promises here, then you can still have a full refund for the next 30 days on whatever you paid. Very cool. And quickly, did you get a sense of engagement with it after that? Any difference there? Um, Definitely. People actually used it because they they felt – I guess they felt a little more invested in it Mm. because they chose the price for it. That makes a lot of sense. Really cool. All right, one more bonus. Okay. Uh, another one, and this one's kind of a weird one, but this is from a client test that we recently did, is it, I would recommend like, if somebody hasn't done any paid advertising, one of the very first paid advertising I would tell you to do is go over to Facebook and get the ret- Facebook Pixel, add the Facebook Pixel to your website. If you have an email list, upload your email list to Facebook as a custom audience. Because we found that we could improve the sales from a launch by also running ads 
to our email list on Facebook while we're running the promotion yeah. to our email list. Yeah, that's a great one. And so you're just it's the same offer. So they're seeing it in their email. They're also seeing it uh, mm-hmm. on social, on Facebook. And it, it can do anything from remind them that they meant to go at least read that email further, get more, uh, learn more about it, or remind them that they meant to purchase. You can even, I know Ryan Levesque does, it is a follow-up with his buyers and reminds them, hey, don't forget to finish up you know, module one because module two starts tomorrow, things like that. You, you could do that. Another thing that you could think about is like if you're doing any type of re- pre-launch videos, add those in to yeah. the follow-up sequence and to the retargeting sequence on Facebook. Uh, big benefit that we found of doing this is on your email list, I'm sure you know you can look at your email list and there's a portion of your email list, usually about half of them, that simply aren't responding anymore. You're going to find that you reactivate some of them. They advertise on Facebook because they just haven't been paying attention to the email. I, mean, I don't know what they do at this point, but they start pulling your emails out of the box again. Yeah. You, you, you know? remind them that they can't, they like you. Yes. <laughs> they like learning from you. Well, one, one quick tip when you do this, mm-hmm. when, when we do it, the actual offer page, the sales page, it's the same page, but usually it's a copy of the page so that we can tone it down just a little bit for Facebook, ah. the version that's being advertised on Facebook because your own version – We'll say might be a little aggressive for what Facebook wants to see with the promises. Oh, great so, tip. Yeah, so make a copy of it. Tone down promises if necessary. Watch out for big promises on the page. Turn big promises into questions in many cases. So it's not not a fake page. It's just toned down because you know what Facebook looks for, what they frown upon. Big, cu- big promises. They frown cu- yeah, upon. custom page. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Terry Dean, man. Wow. So cool to meet you. Really appreciate all that you've shared with us today. And again, folks want to get on that list, get into your indoctrination system here and, and maybe someday get to work with you. They could do that at mymarketingcoach.com. It's Terry Dean. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you.